Indeed, Lord, meet us here. Come, Heavenly Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, our Savior. Be among us right now. Indeed, Lord, you are our Savior, but be the Lord and the Savior of our lives each and every moment of our lives. We pray, dear Jesus, that indeed you would touch our hearts this morning through your message, that we would be reminded again of how much you love us, and you would never pass us by, and your healing power is always available to us. Lord, help us to respond then and to touch and make a difference in one another's lives as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, have a seat, everybody. Good morning. Uh, so good to uh, see all of you here on this beautiful August the 8th. Oh my goodness, where did the summer go? Uh, it's going pretty quick. Another month yet, at least almost a month before school starts. Don't say that word, right? But uh, good to see you all this morning. It's always uh, my privilege and joy to share the Word of God with you. I brought something with me this morning, and here I'll hold it up, see if you can see it. Uh, it's kind of heavy. I guess my shoulder can take it. Yeah, I'm not wimpy. All right. It's a rock. Okay, it's kind of a stepping stone, a landscape stone. Any of these look, I, have, I found a couple of these. Well, <laughs> I found like over a hundred of these yesterday. And sometimes, you know, when you, when you look into do a sermon and you don't have really good sermon material, and all of a sudden God jumps in. Well, God jumped in yesterday, all right? It was pretty cool. Uh, we found these, I found these, about a hundred of them buried in the field uh, right over here. And uh, these are probably sitting there for almost, I don't know, 10 years they were sitting there. And, and uh, what happened was, the reason I found them in the field was, is next summer, next spring, Messiah will be having some gardens, and you all can be a part of that. That field over there, it's all mowed. Take a look at it, gentlemen. It looks really, really cool uh, to see what's going to be happening out there. So we're getting the land ready. So I, we almost ran these over yesterday. They would have really messed up Dennis Varner's uh, tractor uh, in the blade, the mowing blade. And by the way, I had the best time yesterday. It took me 46 years. I finally got to ride in a tractor. It was really cool. <laughs> Air-conditioned, soundproof. Man, that's, that's living it up. I guess some of you gentlemen have been in tractors that weren't that nice. But uh, as Dennis was going over, we were ready to swipe an area near uh, the side of the church over there, and we found these rocks. And so I pulled them out and went, what in the world are these? And I, and I noticed that there were handprints on them. There's two handprints on this one, and there were names on them. And uh, I didn't know what they were for, and gradually I found out I had to make a few phone calls, called one person. She's only been here seven years or so, had no idea. Okay, and then I went ahead and uh, she contacted somebody, actually uh, the Cerny family, who's now moved and uh, went to Detroit, and, and um, Kelly said, I know what they are. These were supposed to be used, and I'm not sure if they were used. Does anybody know? As a pathway from the old part of our building, uh, a nice, cute little pathway to the playground. Now, the playground's already been moved. And so it was kind of a neat thing. The kids, and I think some adults, did these as well. But here's what caught my attention yesterday as I was moving all hundred of them out of the field and into stacks. And there, there's some over here right by the uh, little uh, sheds. I saw the handprints. And when I see handprints like that, I think a little kid, how many of... Uh, your kids, when they were about kindergarten, made little handprints. Raise your hand, right? Maybe they did it in clay and they put their name on it. And, um, and perhaps, do they still do this? When the kids are born, do they put their little feet prints, their little handprints? You do that for your kids? Yep. And I began to think about those children. I saw some names I didn't know. I saw some names of kids I did know. And I saw some wee little hands that I know that are pretty big kids right now. And I thought about those kids. And, and I wonder to myself, I wonder how they're doing, some of the kids I know. I wonder how God has touched their lives. 
So I started to pray over the rocks, okay? And it's not about the rocks. I was praying for the kids, that God would watch over their lives. And each rock by rock by rock by rock by rock. Boy, there were so many rocks. And, and I wondered how God was touching their lives. Of course, I prayed that God would keep them safe and all that. And, then, and, then, and also, I was wondering, if God has touched their lives, I know he has, how have they been touching other people's lives? And I thought, you know what? That's what today's sermon's about. How has God touched your life? I got a question for you. Has God touched your life? Raise your hand if God's touched your life. Amen. And maybe many of you have had the opportunity to reach out and touch other people's lives. In today's uh, story, by the way, I hate calling Bible stories. They're not Bible stories. It's fact in this book that we're going to look at, okay? It's history of God's working. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, page 710 in your pew Bibles. And if you're a visitor with us today, you don't have a Bible, that's your Bible, take it home. Page 710, Mark chapter 5. Wow, the lights are going out here. Here we go. Mark chapter 5. We're going to hear about how Jesus touched the life of one special woman. And, uh, and perhaps as you're looking at this story, you can look, you know what? I never read that before. Well, cool. You'll experience it for the very first time. Mark uh, chapter 5, beginning at verse 21, page 710 in the Pew Bible, okay? Everybody follow along with me. We like to do that here at Messiah. We're going to take a look at the text and, and see how God might touch your life today. Verse 21 reads like this. When Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, meaning the Sea of Galilee, okay, that's what we're talking about, and uh, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Okay, picture it. Hey, Jesus had just uh, left the Gerasenes area and last week, uh, Steve Lampe uh, talked about outside. By the way, anybody at the service outside last week? Raise your hand. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Great weather, great food. Steve was talking about how Jesus cast out a thousand demons, legion. One man had the demon. And they cast those demons into pigs. And the pigs, if you remember the story, took a little nosedive into the water. And that's how that continued. And that same Lord of the universe who has that amazing power, Jesus on the earth then, goes to the other side of the lake and does something a little more, even more up close and personal. So the crowd is gathered. Jesus had been at Capernaum already. They've heard of his miracles. Perhaps people wanted to get a, just an eyes look at the healer today. They'd never seen him before. Perhaps they wanted to be healed. And so the, it's, not, it's not uncommon then that this leader of the synagogue, and by the way, that's who Jairus was, as you're reading in your Bible. He's a synagogue ruler, meaning he takes care of the building, the church building, right? And, uh, and watches over it, watches over the services. And uh, he gets there first, and he says, Jesus, can you heal my daughter? She's dying. And Jesus, I'm sure, knew what was going to happen, but this man didn't know. There was just a little bit of an interruption before Jesus would make his way to see this girl. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Jesus really stopped for somebody, reached out and touched their life forever. I pray that God indeed touches your life this morning as well. So we read a little bit further, and we hear what God would share with us this morning. Uh, the continuation of verse 24 says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Now, the Bible doesn't say really say pressed, it says crushed Jesus. This is Jesus walking down the street. 
can barely make it down. There's thousands of people gathered there. And then it says, verse 25, in the middle of all those people, like a crowded mall at Christmas, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now, let, let me share with you a little bit here. This woman, it says she has bleeding, and, and the Bible doesn't really say whether, what this was, but there's some abnormality in her menstrual cycle. Can you imagine every single day for 12 years bleeding? It's amazing that she was alive. And, and, and how then did she survive like that? Because if you look back in the Old Testament, people treated people like that as unclean, like they treated the leper. It's amazing that they would do that, but they treated her as unclean. And they ostracized this dear woman over here because you're not clean. I imagine in that uncleanness, and, and by the way, if you want to take a look with me in your Bibles real quick to kind of see what this is all about, this uncleanness thing, we're going to turn back to the Old Testament very quickly to Leviticus chapter 15. Leviticus 15, page 82 in your pew Bibles. Leviticus chapter 15, page 82, uh, verse 25. And I'm just going to read this very quickly. It's not something a guy gets to talk about uh, every, every day here. Here we go, verse 25. Uh, when a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean, the Bible says, as long as she has her discharge just in the days of her period. In any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean, as is her bed during her monthly period. And anything she sits on will be unclean as during her period. Whoever touches them will be unclean. My goodness. He must wash his clothes and bathe uh, with water, and he will be unclean until evening. And then verse 28, and when she is cleansed from her discharge, she must count off seven days. Man, can you imagine this word today? And after she will, that, she'll be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, verse 29, she must take two doves or two young pigeons and bring them to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And the priest is to sacrifice one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. In this way, she will make atonement for her before the Lord for the uncleanness of her discharge. And why did they do all this? Verse 31, you must keep the Israelites separate from things that make them unclean. So they will not die in their uncleanness for defiling my dwelling place, which is among them. God required at that time, whether it was for health reasons or more than that, anything that was unclean to be made clean. Sacrifices need to be offered. Things need to be washed. And this woman could never be declared clean for 12 long years. And so she's ostracized. And if she was married, most likely her husband would have divorced her because she would have been unclean. Her immediate family, I don't know, brothers or sisters, this could have happened, could have said, you divorced their relationship from this woman, this poor, lonely woman because she had a disease. And if you remember, though, in the Bible, we've talked about this once before, when people had diseases in the Bible times, people thought, you must have sinned. You must have did something really bad to deserve this. And so this woman was declared unclean. So one day, Jesus is walking down the street, and this woman decides to take the opportunity to perhaps be healed by Jesus. And we continue to read in your Bibles then, a large crowd, as once again in verse 25, had pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of doctors and spent all she had. She's not only unclean and separated from the people, now she's destitute. And yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And she went to doctor after doctor after doctor. And they all turned away and nothing, nothing worked. 
Sometimes, oh, we have things in our life that only Jesus can heal, right? And so the story continues, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, and a lot of people had heard about Jesus. In fact, they'd heard, if you just touch that guy, you might be healed. She heard about Jesus. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloth. So she kind of snuck a blessing, right? But I imagine this is not a disease that you want to share with everybody, right? It's pretty private. And she sneaks up and she touches the edge of Jesus' garment, it says in different texts. In fact, what might have, she might have touched is the fringe of Jesus' prayer shawl. A man would wear his garment and then wear kind of a square prayer shawl. There'd be little tassels that are hanging. She just grabbed a, tall, a small little fringe on his garment. And she said to herself, what? What does the Bible said there? It says this, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloth, verse 28, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And I'm sure she said it over and over again, and she took great courage, if I just touch his clothes, if I just touch his clothes, if I just touch his clothes. And by the way, what she did, oh my goodness, because now you have an unclean woman going to touch a rabbi, and women weren't supposed to go and touch men either like that in the middle of all the public. She braves it out, and she goes, and she does it. And what does the Bible say about her? Immediately, verse 29, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from the suffering. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? In fact, verse 31, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? Remember, there's thousands of people around him. And Jesus is saying, who touched me? Who did that? Remember the woman, she had slinked out just a little bit earlier, just wanted to be healed and go. Not want to tell everybody what's going on in her life. Who touched me, Jesus said. Why did he do that? Let's continue a little bit. We'll talk about that at once. But, look, but Jesus kept looking around, verse 32, to see who had done it. He's looking, looking, looking. And then verse 33, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, slinks back in, I'm sure she was terrified, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told them the whole truth of how and why, if I just touched you, Jesus, for 12 years, Lord, I knew if I had faith to do that, I'd be healed. Then verse 34, what does Jesus say to her? Verse 34, it doesn't say, you know, woman, no, you unclean person, you. Jesus calls her family right here, and he says this, verse 34, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Oftentimes, you wonder, why would Jesus do that? A lot of different reasons. Perhaps Jesus wanted to meet up close and personal this dear woman who'd suffered so long and, and confirm that, you know what, you're healed because that's what the Bible says there, right? This go in peace and be freed from your suffering. It's over. It's never coming back. He assured her of that. He commended her for his faith, didn't he? He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. In fact, your faith has saved you. And all the people there heard her public testimony too, didn't they? And as we read in the Old Testament there, it was necessary for a woman to go before the priest and offer a sacrifice. And Jesus, the amazing high priest, said, you know what, you're clean. No, your life is not turned upside down anymore. Go in peace, dear sister. You've been made well. It was an amazing day. The Lord of the universe <laughs> reached out. Now, you know, the woman reached out, didn't she? But Jesus let the power come out of himself. 
And, and you know, I, I'm sure Jesus isn't, the Bible often talks about this well, that there was power in Jesus, right? And, and I'm sure he wasn't like some kind of electric circuiting that all of a sudden it's like Jesus is walking around, zzz, 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 right? And all of a sudden, zzz, 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 you know, the power went out. It wasn't like that. I'm sure it wasn't. But he realized the power went out of him. And the Lord of the universe stopped along the way for a dear woman who was suffering for so long. What would God speak to us this morning? I believe that indeed Jesus wants to reach out and heal every single person here this morning. Maybe it's not from a sickness. But indeed He wants to reach out into your lives and whatever is going on to bring wholeness and peace to you too. How many of you have been touched by the Lord? I think we might have asked this before. Have you been touched by God and healed by Jesus? Yeah. Do you want the Lord of the universe to reach out into your life again and to heal, make you whole? I hope the answer is yes, because he's here this morning. In fact, as, as Jesus, he didn't go ahead and yell at this woman for sneaking a blessing, did he? No, and she was afraid of maybe possibly that happening, and maybe she was afraid because she's going before God to get a healing, or, or, or maybe she was afraid to, to share the story with all those people there. But Jesus reached out to her that day, and you know what is something? We don't even know her name. We don't even know her name. I'm sure Jesus knew her name. I'm sure he called her by name. How will God respond to you today? Sometimes it's going to be reminded of, of how God's love and how much he cares about us and wants to make an impact in our lives. The words of Jesus that he spoke in Matthew chapter 11, turn with me at least to that one, would you? Matthew chapter 11, page 689. What would Jesus say to us this morning? In our struggles, whether it's with an illness or whether it's with struggle in finances or a broken marriage or struggling at school or with our job, Jesus would say this, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, read it. Sometimes it's important to see the words. Jesus says, come to me, verse 28, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Maybe you're sick and tired of suffering. And sometimes God brings us to that most desperate point in our life so that we can do nothing else but reach out to Jesus. Perhaps that's you today. And perhaps you've been there before. There's nothing else you can do is to reach out. And Jesus says, now come to me, don't be worried about it. I'll take care of it and give you rest. And how do we know that about our Lord, that, that he would do that for us? Well, the Bible talks about Jesus being a God of compassion, and I'm not going to have you go there in Psalm 103. Take a look. Write it down as a reference. Read it when you go home, that we have an amazing God of compassion who wants to reach out to us and to share that burden, in fact, to take the burden from us. But the most amazing thing that you can know about Jesus, the same Jesus who indeed took those demons out of that man, cast them out, the same Jesus who would later raise this little girl from the dead, Jairus' daughter. By the way, that's how the rest of the chapter goes. That same Jesus can heal and make a difference in our lives as well. We know that because of Isaiah 53, and I am going to have you turn there. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 3, page 523, I believe, 523, Isaiah 53 says this to you and I to reassure us whenever struggles come our way. Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. He knows your suffering. He's felt it too. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. 
Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Infirmities is diseases, by the way. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, this is the truth, you are healed. Believe it. Claim it. We may not be exactly touched as Jesus standing right in front of us, but he's here this morning. And his love is being extended to you again today and say, I care about you, every single one of you. You don't have to worry about coming to me. I'll give you rest because I died on that cross and there's your guarantee. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from my love, not any day, no how. But I'm always there with, for you and with you. It's an amazing blessing to have the God we have, isn't it? And we need, how do we do that? How do we go and, and, and touch Jesus today and allow him to touch our lives in prayer, right? Every day going to him in prayer. Apostle Paul wrote this. He said, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, and what? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how does the story end with this, this woman here? We don't hear anything else. Be healed. Go ahead, woman. I guess it doesn't matter. Perhaps she was welcomed back into the community because she's no longer unclean. She's clean. Perhaps if she had uh, not been married, now she could marry, right? Perhaps her, her family that had rejected her and said you're unclean welcomed her back. But all the one thing that you can know is that woman's life was changed forever that day. I pray that your life is changed forever. Every single time Jesus reaches out and touches and heals you as well. But how's the story go on? This morning, we, we showed you a little handprint at the very beginning, and we asked, how's God touched your life? But I guess the appropriate response then is, if God has touched your life, how might you touch others as well so that they might know the healing of Jesus Christ? What might you do? I've asked some uh, young folks to come up and kind of give their testimony of how, how they've reached out. Come on up, you guys. Come on up, ladies, gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, these folks are, are just back from Mexico a couple of weeks ago. I know they had a Amazing opportunity to reach out and touch some uh, folks' lives. And uh, this is almost everybody, right? One, two, three, four, five. You guys, did you have six or seven? Six. six. All right. And come on up, you guys. And uh, we're going to have you kind of testify. Oh, I'll move over. All right. Uh, share with us who you are and uh, the opportunity that you had to reach out and touch people's lives in Mexico. Who are you? David Warner. All right. Well, who wants to start? You guys can just go ahead and jump in. You want to go ahead, Heidi? Yeah. 